0: Are you ready, kid? Aye aye, Jason. <laughs> I can't hear you. <laughs> oh man. Part two of the Broto Fantasy Football cart Podcast, excuse me, part duh begins now. Welcome back to the Broto Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness. Michael and Jason Patrop. Man, Jason uh, said, are you ready, kids? To me, like, right before we were about to start. And I said, aye, aye, Jason. And then he decided he wanted to start the episode like that. See, even when Timmy's not here, we could still start the episode with some crazy stuff. Tim, Tim says some stupid shit, though. He does. That's no arguing that. But yeah, if you're listening to this, that means you just listened to episode one. We got... The final eight games here for you. So, you want to get right into it? Let's get it going. On. Let's do it. First game is the Dolphins and the Browns. I just want to start by saying, Devontae Parker, young man, you're a real wide receiver now. Congratulations. After years of mediocrity and wanting him to be good, he just, he's really become a good wide receiver, man. He's been. Uh, J.J. Zacharyson tweeted, he's a good fantasy football follow. Uh, Or was it? No, it was Graham Barfield. Excuse me. The last six weeks overall, Devontae Parker has been a wide receiver 32 or better every single week. So he's been a rock solid wide receiver uh, two or three literally every single week since then. Last week against Rdavis White, seven for 135, going up against Cleveland, Philly, the Jets, Giants, and Cincy to end the season. I mean, you could just put him in your lineup and be very happy about it at this point, right? Dude, he's had at least 50 yards or a touchdown since every game this season. Except New England when he went Except 0-0. week two. Yeah. Crazy. It's pretty impressive. I mean, he's basically John Brown without the name. Yeah, it's true. And now uh, Preston Williams is out the year, too. So Preston Williams went out, and now Devonta Parker has seen... Ten targets back-to-back weeks. Five for 69 and then seven for 135. Has four touchdowns on the year. This dude might go a 1,000 yards for the first time in his life and catch seven to eight touchdowns. It's a very solid season. Fitz gonna do it to you. It's gonna do it to you. Ryan Fitzpatrick just continues to uh, just be awesome. Watching Ryan Fitzpatrick play is just a lot of fun. Like, we used to do it every Sunday when he was the Jets QB. And the dude just, it's great watching him play the way he plays. Like, he goes OD hard on every single play. He'll lower his helmet into a linebacker. It's great. But he's an afterthought in fantasy, unless you're in a 2QB league. I think he's a solid second quarterback option, but I'm not starting him if I'm in a 1QB league. You're not streaming him. Uh, The running backs, though, Jay. The running backs. If you're starting. Mark Walton's out the door. Well, yeah, Mark Walton's out the door because he's a terrible person. But if you're starting a Miami running back, what are you doing? Like, right? Like, what are you doing? Is there more of a blah, is there more of a blah name than Kalen blah? Nine do, rushes you for you nine yards out? because we need to start spreading the word that his name is Kevin blah. <sighs> this dude scored a touchdown, had nine rushes and five receptions in half PPR. And somehow ended with 10 points. <laughs> like five receptions for eight yards going against Cleveland now, which is he had 17 yards on 14 touches. Disgusting. I mean, you're not starting Miles Gaskin, obviously. Patrick Laird only had one rush for seven yards, but he did catch six balls for 51 yards. Ugh. Yuck. Don't start Miami running backs, please. True. Mike Gasicki, any love for Mike Gasicki this week against Cleveland? Uh, Gasicki to your other guys. Oh, I see that. He has seen six targets in back-to-back-to-back weeks. He's becoming like the real second option there behind Devontae Parker. So I think there's some sneaky appeal here. Come on, man. No. All right. I'll I'll bet you he's a top-18 tight end. Dude, you need to catch one pass to be a top-18 tight end. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Fair enough. Uh, to the Browns because really don't start anyone on the Dolphins unless his name is Devontae Parker. To the Browns, Baker Mayfield. Is it the Bake Show is back? Is this the first time? I mean, because I did rank Baker Mayfield in my Q top twelve. I'm expecting you to do the same. This is the first time I think we have Baker Mayfield in our top twelve since the Jets in Week Two. Right. Looking at the schedule. Seems about right. And also, look, we got to give it to him, man. It's been a rough matchup. Rough matchups all across the board. He's really been picking it up the last three weeks, though. I mean, even against Seattle, he showed up a little bit. 13 against New England isn't the worst thing in the world. Denver and Buffalo are good defenses. Mayfield's a solid, solid start this week. Yeah, you cannot really get much better than playing against Miami if you're a quarterback, especially now with, like, Atlanta. Being a good defense, Miami and Tampa Bay are really the main targets here if you want an opposing quarterback. So, yeah, I'm firing up Baker Mayfield this week as a low-end QB1 option. If you have, like, a Patty Mahomes on by or something, you really can't ask for a better ad than Baker Mayfield. I concur. This, I feel like the Browns, as disappointing as their offense has been, they're chock full of good fantasy plays this week, man. No, oh, 100%. I have Nick Chubb as my RB3. Everyone who thought Kareem Hunt was going to come and steal work. Holy moly, Nick Chubb's ran the ball 27 times against Pitt. Like, Kareem Hunt's basically a receiver. Yeah, Kareem Hunt's basically a receiver at this point. And Nick Chubb, he Kareem Hunt has stolen passing work from him. Two receptions and five yards total over the last two weeks, which limits his upside a bit. But you gotta expect him to find the end zone against Miami. And How do you feel about Kareem Hunt? Because I like him this week, so I want to hear what you think about him. I agree. If Kareem Hunt, this is actually pretty funny, was a wide receiver, his true target value would put him 31st. It would bump down his teammate Jarvis Landry one spot to 32nd. Interesting. So Kareem Hunt might be a better play than Jarvis Landry. Uh, That just shows how involved he's been in the offense, and he's made great plays. He just looks like a player that knows how to play. Uh, Nine targets, eight targets. If he finds the end zone, it's going to be a great week. He gets some rushes too. I'm I'm about starting Hunt in your flex. I actually have Kareem Hunt as my RB twenty one. I'm all about it this week, man, against Miami because, like you said, he has he has seventeen targets the last two weeks and thirteen receptions, ten rush attempts, and all he needs is one one long play to really have a ginormous week. The wide receivers. Jason, saving Howards on IR, Miami does not have a cornerback who could keep up with OBJ. Is this finally OBJ week, or is this just just not going to happen at all this season? It was just John Brown week against the Dolphins, so for the sake of everyone, it better be OBJ week. Right? Like, I have OBJ as my wide receiver 5 against Miami. You cannot ask for a better matchup. He fell down at the one last week against Pitt. Back-to-back weeks of 12 and 10 targets. It better be OBJ week. But OBJ are obviously starting uh, against Miami. Jarvis Landry, too, by far the highest I've rated him this year, ranked him. I have him as my wide receiver, 18. This dude also has just become a ginormous part of the offense. Last four weeks, 10, 13, 10, and 7 targets. A touchdown in each of the last three weeks after not finding the end zone at all through the first eight weeks. Now he we gets Miami. It's just it's all around glorious matchups for uh for the uh for the Browns. Yeah. David Njoku actually practiced today, uh, coming back from IR. Unsure if he's gonna play or not. I mean, uh, even in this glorious matchup, I don't think you could trust him first game off IR, right? No, definitely not. Yeah, so moving on to the next. So basically, start your Browns, and there's a great chance that they disappoint you because that's the Browns. But, man, you got to do it against Miami. Steelers and Bengals is the next game up. The only quarterback worse than Mason Rudolph is possibly Mitch Trubisky. Right? Like, holy moly, Mason Rudolph is an absolutely mm. atrocious quarterback. I'd probably rather have Trubisky. I'd, I'd rather have Mitch Trubisky, too. I just, I just like making fun of... Mr. Biskey when Timmy's not here because he can't defend him. Dude threw 44 passes against Cleveland. Completed 23 of them, which is bluh. 221 yards, 4 interceptions against Cleveland. Like, this dude is just not a good QB, and it's very clear. Juju Smith-Schuster is expected to be out. Deontay Johnson is expected to be out at this point. He's going to be throwing to James Washington, Vance McDonald, and Johnny Holton. James Conner is likely out. Dude, it's disgusting. I mean, you're not starting Mason Rolfe either way, but... Fire up Cleveland defense. Honestly, yeah, Cleveland defense. Honestly, we He's should just right. skip the Steelers. Like, It's awful. <laughs> Jalen Samuels, though, against Cincy. Like, if, uh, if James Conner is out, you got to expect at least five receptions and, like, ten rushes. So he definitely has some low-end RB2... Uh, high end flex appeal. No, I agree. You gotta start Samuels if Connor is out. Yeah. Start Connor if Connor is in. Besides that, I don't want to touch anyone including the fridge out there at tight end. Yeah, advanced refrigeration. James Washington, I mean, it's tough because if he's the only real outside threat, you gotta on, man. at least think he could at least have a decent game. But come on. Jackson and company even have even when Juju been, Even Juju as the main threat hasn't been doing anything. We expect Washington to yeah, and the, the cornerback unit really hasn't been terrible from Cincinnati this season. It's actually been one of their lone spots of decent play. Not great play, but decent. But, I mean, he has shown a little bit of a rapport with James Washington. It is someone he played with college, uh, in college with for like years, and they dominated. So, I think he at least has some flex appeal. I'm not going to go over the top. like His expert consensus ranking is wide receiver 35. I'm not ranking him in my top 36 receivers. Johnny Holton, I'm not touching. Vance Refrigeration, three straight weeks of seven targets as a tight end is something you see and you're like, yes, but he has been despicable with those targets, man. Five for thirty, three three for 11, and three for 33. Hard pass uh, on Fans Refrigeration. Going to Cincy, wow, this is a bad matchup fantasy-wise. We got Ryan Finley at QB for... Uh, Maybe another QB who's worse than Mason Rudolph, Ryan Finley. 13 for 31 against Oakland for 115 yards. Holy moly, is that not terrible. Joe Mixon, Jay. How you feeling this week? Because there's a random resurrection of Joe Mixon's fantasy career over the last three weeks because he's just been getting so much work. The Bengals were much more fun when Jeff Driscoll was their backup and not Ryan Finley. Yeah, I agree. Just saying. The Lions are pretty fun right now, too. Um, Look, Nixon, I don't think anything's changed, man. He's a bad running back that's finally getting volume again. And he's still not doing much with it. 17 for 66 against the Rams. Baltimore, 30 for 114. Congratulations. Like, yeah, you got to do something with that. But it's still not great He had a good game against Oakland, 15 for 86. And his touchdown run was... That's been his most efficient nice game. That was a nice play that he made. He called a touchdown.
1: But I'm I, still he's in,
0: in volume based RB2 territory at this point though. Uh that's what he's always been though. So the wide receivers ugh, man, Tyler Boyd was in Timmy stocked down on the review episode. I don't see how you could really trust any of these receivers at this point. Like AJ Grounds not, AJ excuse me, AJ Green is not expected to play. Tyler Boyd had 3 targets. Three, one catch for 10 yards. Excuse me. One one catch for zero yards and then a rush for 10 yards was his line against Pittsburgh, who's been one of the most locked down defenses over the past few weeks, even against a slot cornerback. I don't know how you could trust any of their weapons as more than like a flex play this week. I think it's very, it's going to be a very ugly game for the Cincinnati Bengals offense, including. Tyler Eifert, who you cannot start at the tight end position. I agree with everything you just said. Let's not act like the Steelers' defense isn't really good just because Cleveland had some success. Yeah, so that was probably the fastest game recap of all time, the uh, Steelers and Bengals. So let's move on to a more juicy matchup of the Panthers and the Saints. The Saints' defense has come alive of late. So, I mean, if we're talking defenses, we don't really talk defenses. Start New Orleans' defense against Carolina. <laughs> So you're not starting uh, Kyle Allen, um, at all. Of course, you're never starting Kyle Allen. But the wide I told receiver the whole world not to start him against Atlanta, bro. Marshawn Lattimore is still likely to be out. I have DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel as wide receiver twos. DJ Moore a little higher than Curtis Samuel. I'm a little hesitant about it just because New Orleans' defense has been a lot better of late. But without Marshawn Lattimore. They've just been so consistent as well, Moore and Samuel. Samuel had a bad game last week against Atlanta, but prior to that, he's been very solid. Any love for these two, or you think, I have them ranked at uh, 13 and twenty? Moore had 15 fucking targets last week. Yeah, crazy. Unreal. But anyway, uh, DJ Moore is 27th in true target value, which makes sense. That's about where he should be, given he's seeing a lot of targets, but they're not from the best uh, quarterback on earth. Uh, Curtis Samuel's at forty-four. He's seeing. I mean, recently he's been seeing about half the targets with DJ Moore. So DJ Moore, of course, is still the better play. Uh, they both offer upside in this matchup. Uh, Kyle Allen has been playing worse though. Which, uh, if he if he's thrown fifteen targets to DJ Moore, it doesn't really matter. But when that number drops a little bit, then it starts to matter a little bit more. Uh, he completed almost double as many passes as he completed about Tennessee, for example. Uh, he's also um, uh, Kyle Allen, the most points he scored on the road since week six is 17. So uh, with, with DJ Moore and Samuel, it's a solid floor, but the upside isn't as high as you'd like. Yeah, I agree. And I remember the days when Kyle Allen was leading the list of QBs to start their career without an interception. Boy, how the tide has turned. It's like he threw an interception and was like, yo, this is fun and decided I need to throw more. James Munster hit him up. Was like, "Yo, that shit fun." And That's He was like, "Yo, this is fun." And that was it. Greg Olson, uh, typical Greg Olson. Like, if you want five to eight points, he's your guy. If you want to be my tight end, then you got to so, start Greg Olson. There's not a huge upside here against New Orleans, who's been solid against the tight end. But with the tight end landscape the way it is, you you likely need to start Greg Olson. But I prefer someone like Jacob Hollister or Dallas Goddard if you're looking for upside. I concur. Uh, to the Saints, I want to start with Alvin Kamara, bro, not Drew Brees, because Alvin Kamara finally had an Alvin Kamara esque game last week. Maybe he's finally done with this injury. He had 13 rushes, 75 yards, 10 receptions on 10 targets, only 47 yards on those uh, receptions. But, but if you catch 10 balls, dude, this guy is six, seven, eight, and 10. Receptions the last four weeks. He's basically the wide receiver two, uh, alongside Michael Thomas. And now he gets Carolina who has been absolutely torched on the ground. Guess how many points per game they've given up recently, Carolina Jay? To running backs? Yeah. Or just in general. To running backs. Uh to the whole team or to the RB one? To the running to the running back position over the last five weeks. Twenty five. Thirty three points per game. Yikes. Yeah, if Christian McCaffrey didn't exist, Alvin Kamara would be my surefire RB1, but he's my surefire RB2. So, yeah. Wait, we skipped right over Christian McCaffrey when we spoke I about mean, Carolina. I think because it's just so obvious. Like, you know, sometimes yeah. it's so obvious that you don't have to talk about someone. Sometimes it's so obvious you have to talk about someone. It's kind of funny looking at his stats. Like, this dude has nearly 1600 yards and 14 touchdowns in 10 games. I think the big thing this year is that he's become a very good runner. Yeah. He has almost as many yards as he had last season. Like yeah. his true target value um of the running backs is seventh. The, the attempts from Kyle Allen aren't that valuable and if you look at his numbers receiving, you could see that he's had some down weeks. Not in the touchdown department, but 3 for 20, 4 for 38. He's he's doing it on the ground, which is good to see. Yeah, this dude is just unreal. So, yeah, McCaffrey and Kamara are my RB1 and 2 going into this week. Michael Thomas? Michael Thomas' week was in full effect last week. Honestly, if I'm being quite honest, brother, I was a little disappointed last week <laughs> that Michael Thomas that's, only went 8 114 and 1. That's, that's, come on. I feel like he could have done more against Tampa. Come on. But, yeah. That's obviously nitpicking because he's like the Christian McCaffrey of wide receivers. Obviously not that level, but he's just so ridiculously consistent. He hasn't had a single game outside the top twenty-five this season. He's been inside the top five half his games. Dude's ridiculously consistent. So sign me up for some Michael Thomas. No love for Ted Ginn or Traquan Smith on my behalf. Any chance you think they they are at home against Carolina? Any chance nah. you think one of them has a big play? It's just been so. None Too of them many mouths to feed. It hasn't been the Ted Ginn and Traycon Smith. Like last couple years, where at home they've been a better play. It just they just really haven't been good plays at all this season. Because one of them gotta go. It's true. There, cannibalizing off of each other. Jared Cook, last player from this game. He is becoming the option that people wanted him to be when they drafted him this season. 12, 11, 10, and 10 in half PPR the last four weeks. A touchdown in three of four games. Only two targets last week, so he salvaged his day with a touchdown. But it's a touchdown nonetheless. Carolina has been stout against the tight end this week. I have him as my tight end five this week, just because of the tight end landscape. But man, I think there's some bust potential here. Yeah, I mean, against I like Carolina. To- I liked them against Atlanta more than you and Tim a little bit. I just thought that, look, in the, in the world of bad tight ends, you got to take what you can get. And with Drew Brees throwing passes, Jared Cook is the 14th tight end in true target value, even though he's had multiple games, four games with three or less targets. Yeah. Um, so you got to keep firing him up at this point. He's hot. You know which game is next? I don't. The Raiders. <laughs> the Raiders. And our home, our heart, this is your home. I'm patting my <laughs> chest. The New York Jets. Guys, I'm telling you right now, the Jets are going to upset the Raiders, man. It's going to oh, hundred 100%. Yeah. But what's the spread? I'm going to check the spread. Well, it's a Koopas. Um, I'm <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'll ju- I might as well tell the story because no one has any idea what I mean. When I was younger, I had a shirt that said a mushroom a day keeps the Koopas away and it was Mario and it was the Koopas from Mario. Clearly a drug shirt, but I was like 11, I had no idea what it meant. It said a mushroom a day keeps the Koopas away. I just thought it was funny cuz you know you, you get the mushrooms in uh in Mario in Mario games and come on, move it along. Yeah, sorry. I was at the eye doctor and the doctor comes up to me, just reads my shirt and goes What's a coopus? <laughs> and that has just been a running joke uh, amongst the brothers and our friends for literally years. Because it happened when I was like 11, and now I'm 24. So well, yeah, what's a Koopas? What's a coopus? And then you just said it. <laughs> I could tell from your face that you forgot we were on air for a second. you said the joke, "What's a coopus?" No, I like, thought about it. I was like, it. "Yes, I'm gonna say it." But yeah. yeah what's, right. what's the Raiders and Jets? Anyway, spread? the Raider, the Jets are only two and a half point underdogs. Oh, so maybe Vegas knows that the Jets are gonna upset the Raiders. But Las Vegas is smart. We'll start on the Raiders' side because they have been a surprisingly better team this season. Uh, shout out John Gruden. Derek Carr, Jay. I know you hate him. I know he hasn't had a single game of 300 passing yards yet this year. But three of the last four weeks, 23-20, 13-21, the week prior, 17 that's 17 or more in four or five weeks. The only week he didn't do well was against the Chargers, which has been a bad matchup this season for opposing QBs. The Jets are one of the best matchups for opposing QBs. Come on. You have to at least agree that Derek Carr has streaming appeal. You want to rely on a guy who's not going to throw more than 30 times or throw at least two touchdowns? Yeah. A mediocre guy? Yes. I, I'm not doing it. Against the Jets, Of man? course, he has streaming appeal, but I personally am not doing it. All right. I, I like Derek Carr as a streaming option. I have my QB 13. So, I think the upside is enough to warrant streaming him. Compared to the other guy, I don't like Brissett. I, I, I prefer Carr. There you go. Something we agree on. To the wide receivers, look, Tyrell the Gazelle has been very touchdown dependent this season. <clears throat> he hasn't scored a touchdown in, four, in three weeks. And in that span, he scored six, four, and ten. He did go four for eighty-two last week against Cincy, but that was on four targets. He has not surpassed seven targets this week. He really needs the big play. Uh which has been his forte throughout his career. He's averaging over fifteen yards per catch. Uh this season against the Jets is a perfect team to do it against. <clears throat> I have but I have him as more of a high end wide receiver three option just because of the bust potential. With the amount of targets that he sees, because he's going to need to catch a touchdown or catch a long one to have a really solid game. But someone I am super interested in, someone I've ranked as my 38th wide receiver, highest. Oh, really? Hunter Renfro. Hunter Renfro, Jay. The last four weeks has really blossomed into an actual asset for this team. Four targets, four receptions, 88 yards, and a touchdown against Houston. Seven targets, six for 54 on a touchdown against Detroit. And then the last couple weeks, five targets, four for 42 against LAC. And then six targets, five for 66 against Cincy. Really becoming the main, one of the main options there, man. Because Darren Waller's targets have decreased. Tyrell Williams' targets have decreased. Hunter Renfro is right on that level with them now when it comes to Derek Carr's pass attempts. And now he gets the Jets, who... Are very susceptible to the slot receiver, where Hunter Renfro is going to be coming out from. I think he has a solid floor, and he'll get you eight points no matter what. And if he finds the end zone, he has some real wide receiver three appeal. I think he can end with fifteen plus points. You know he's been uh he's been creeping up a little bit recently up true throw value. He's up to sixty first. I mean, he's getting more work, getting better targets. I still think he's no more than a flex play. With, with a solid floor, albeit. There you go. Getting you on the bandwagon a little bit. That's all that matters. How do you feel about Darren? I just wanted to say, albeit. Albeit, it's fun to say. How do you feel about Darren Waller this week against the Jets? Because this dude just continues to not find the end zone now for three straight weeks. But at least you saw him get seven targets and five receptions again. You that? hear that? Who Who's being murdered? That's Foster Moreau walking up behind him. <laughs> <laughs> in, the, in the red zone. The it's, touchdown it's... vulture. He did it again last week. Caught a touchdown. Foster Moreau has caught a touchdown every other week since week four. You know who hasn't caught a touchdown every other week since week four? Darren Waller. bum, 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 bum. Bum. <sighs> Yeah, um, so, I mean, he's been good enough to keep in your lineups, right? He doesn't score below six fantasy points, and that's remarkable in today's NFL for a tight end. Um, he but- does have 666 passing yards, which is a bad number. Receiving yards. Foosball's the devil. <laughs> <laughs> Receiving <laughs> yards, yeah. So, hopefully yeah. he catches some yards, because that is not a number you want to stay on to end the season. <laughs> Foster Moreau, like you said, Scores a touchdown every other week. This is the other week where he doesn't score a touchdown. But it is against the Jets. Any chance you're ballsy enough to stream Foster Moreau? It's science. Uh, It's science. No. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Agreed. Um, to the Jets and Sammy Darnold, baby. Sam-, Sam Darnold has been a stud the past two weeks for fantasy purposes. 200... 200- 30 yards and 3 touchdowns, uh excuse me, and two touchdowns against the Giants, 293 yards and four touchdowns against Washington 22 and 26 those two games. But I'm here to tell you, Jay, this is the Jet fan in me talking. I feel a little bit of a downer coming from Sam Darnold this week. Uh, is it because the Oakland offense kills the clock and maintains ball possession and doesn't really turn it over much. I just feel like the Raiders offense has stepped it up of late. Excuse me, the defense stepped it up of late. And I think it's Sam Darnold gets neutralized a little bit in this one. They really crushed Ryan Finley's hearts last week, which whatever it's Ryan Finley, but they forced four interceptions from Phillip Rivers the week prior to that. Uh, They played well against Jeff Driscoll. I mean, these aren't great quarterbacks, but their defense is becoming a better unit of late. I still think Sam Darnold has some flex appeal. I mean, excuse me, some streaming appeal, but I have him as QB16 this week. Sam I hope is I'm hot, wrong. man. He is. I hope I'm wrong. I just I have this feeling that it's not going to be great. I agree because I mean, I don't agree to the extent of I, I think he's a decent streaming option, but you know, the Giants you thought it'd be a exciting game. You know, it's New York. He's going to have to pass the New York battle. The Skins just a bad team. Oakland is not a team that I feel like the Jets defense isn't going to turn the ball over much. Oakland's going to run the ball, control the clock. I think it'll be a good game for Sam Darnold, but maybe not a, the best fantasy game. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, the running back, I skipped over Josh Jacobs, and I wanted to actually highlight Josh Jacobs. So let's talk about him real quick. Guess what his expert consensus ranking is for this week, bro? Yeah, ooh, I don't know. Five. Hmm. Five. I have him at 10, and I'm even a little hesitant to having him that high. For a guy who doesn't catch any passes? Yeah, this is the same Jets defense that held Saquon Barkley to one rushing yard two weeks ago. The number two overall rush defense, according to DVOA. They're literally one of the best run defenses in the league. They're like the Buccaneers. They're a pass-funnel defense. Uh, which lower is them in why... your rankings. you got some good info on your hands. Yeah, which is why I like... Derek Carr this week is a streaming option, Jason. And Josh Jacobs, look, he's ridiculously worked on the ground. Like, he's over 100 scrimmage yards uh, six of his last seven games, and that's without being a big part of the passing attack. But if he doesn't find the end zone, he's going to disappoint this week. But Le'Veon Bell, who I actually have one spot higher than Josh Jacobs going into Oakland, has been, excuse me, a home against Oakland Has been better of late, 16, 15, and 16 the last three weeks and a half PPR, 17, 18, and 18 rushes back into Le'Veon Bell territory. He hasn't been as effective as you hope, but it's nice to see him getting involved in the passing game and getting a bunch of running work as well. And against Oakland, which is not a stout run defense, they were better in the beginning of the year, but they haven't been as good of late. I like Le'Veon Bell this week against Oakland in a game I expect him to get 20 plus touches. Uh, Bell's been good recently. Uh, Apparently, he's been getting HGH tested a lot as well. Yeah, I saw that tweet. It's interesting. But, I mean, he's getting to that area where he's consistent. He's not the guy who's going to put up 30 points that we're used to, but he's basically hitting the teens every week, getting a good amount of carries, getting a few more targets. Now, I don't think that should change against Oakland. Week 13 against Cincy is going to be a nice week to have him. Jamison Crowder, I said earlier, is my wide receiver 16 on the week, three straight weeks, 75 yards. Why and not, a man? He should have been rated higher. We've been ranking him higher every week. Yeah, there and you go. Star has been coming Connor. through. How do you feel about Robbie Anderson? Anything more than a desperation flex play? Uh, yeah, Tim was bugging saying he got off the schneid there. Um, the schneid. In the review episode. No, no Schneike there, man. He caught yeah. one pass. Yeah, so uh, he's just a desperation flex play at this point, even though it's a great matchup, right? Yeah. Let me ask you about Ryan Griffin then. Ryan Griffin. Jets tight end Ryan Griffin. I really wish I was saying Chris Herndon because, man, Chris Herndon would have been great this season. I'm still very upset about that injury, multiple injuries. But how do you feel about Ryan Griffin this week, man? Uh, You could do worse. Right? Like At first, I saw the expert consensus ranking at tight end 7 on the review episode. I told Timmy I thought that was crazy. And then, you know, you dig deeper and deeper, and I was like, man, this is interesting. (laughs) Right? Like, I have Ryan Griffin as my tight end 10. Higher than I expected, man. But three of the last four weeks, 23-8-0, which is scary, 19. Like, he's been that good three of the last four weeks. 8-23-19 is nothing to laugh at when it comes to the tight end position, and Sam Darnold clearly likes throwing to him. Yeah, and the Oakland defense is susceptible to tight ends. Yeah. Um, moving on. Moving on to the tight, to Jaguars and Titans. Since we're doing the Jets so later, do they have a four o'clock game this week? Did I? I believe they do. Because hmm. the Raiders. That's, it's Raiders. always it's always weird for us to watch the Jets at four o'clock. The Raiders are flying over from the coast, so they're getting. No, out. no, it's a one o'clock game. Is it really? Yeah. Interesting. Oh, yeah. There's OD 1 o'clock games this week, I think. I think there's only two yeah, 4 it, o'clock games. It's, it's one of those. Yeah. Oh, those are those are annoying. Let's talk about uh, Nick Foles. Shall we? Shall we? Because Nick Foles came back, and it was not the D.D. Westbrook show. It was absolutely the DJ Chark show and DJ Chark Dude. Dude is a monster. Ivan's my tight end eight this week. Do you have any hesitation putting DJ Chark in your lineup this week? No. What kind of a question is that? Yeah. Nick Foles came back. His dude saw 15 targets, went eight for 104 and two touchdowns. Someone who is a little bit more interesting, Didi Westbrook. How do you feel about Didi Westbrook this week? I'll still fire him up as a wide receiver three flex play. I mean, I'm not super... Look, we knew DJ Chark was the number one, so what changed last week? Not that much. He still saw six targets from Nick Foles. He still... It was a... I mean, the ceiling was never the highest with D. E. Westbrook. Yeah. But there's always been a solid floor, and, you know, four catches of 32 yards, you want better than that. But, wow, I don't know why I just talked like that. You want better <laughs> than that. <laughs> but i nah. mean he's a wide receiver three flex he's literally that that should just be written on his chest like he's gonna give you around eight to twelve points if you want that you throw him in your lineup if you want a higher upside guy you go with someone else yeah I'm, I'm a little concerned that chris conley got more work than he did last week but he's in a good spot man logan ryan the slot corner for tennessee has been one of the worst in the league so it's a good spot because the outside. Uh, the outside corners, uh, Dory Jackson and company, have actually been better. So it's a pretty solid spot here for D.D. Westbrook. How do you feel about Leonard Fournette, who Doug Marone said they need to get the ball more? Uh, I think that's what you want to hear. Uh, you can't think of anything better to hear because last week was a little disappointing. I mean, they got their new toy back, right? They gave McFultz a lot of money. He came back. They wanted to use him. It's all all's good in love and war, or whatever the saying goes. <laughs> uh, even the week before, Fournette's touches were a little down, so it's good to hear the coach say they want to get him more involved. He still hasn't been a backbreaker uh, the last two weeks, getting at least nine and a half PPR points, so it's, it's good times are ahead. He he needs to find the end zone. It's weird that he only has one touchdown. Yeah, talking about a schneid, a Schneike. I feel like he's going to get off the Schneide a little bit this week against Tennessee. It's not a tremendous matchup, but... Back to back weeks of single digit fantasy performances is a little a little surprising. Well, ten point two uh two weeks ago and then last week just under ten. So I, I think he has a solid game ahead of him. I my I have him as my RB uh six this week, a little higher than expert consensus because I don't I think this is gonna be a tough fought game and I expect them to uh to uh to run the ball a lot. So on to Tennessee. Ryan, where's Ryan Tannehill in the true throw value rankings? Because last year he really surprised us. He was the QB six. So how's he at this year? Was that more of a Adam Gase effect or is he just a super efficient quarterback? I'll tell you what, kid. If you look at Ryan Tannehill, he doesn't put up the most fantasy points, but the last four weeks he's put up 20, 19, 25, and 19. Yep. And he doesn't throw the ball much. So where does that get you? And he doesn't run too much, although he just likes a little bit. Where's Quarterback six. Quarterback six. He's, he's doing his thing, KC man. Throw value. Efficient McGee is what I'm going to start calling him. Efficient McGee is not a bad name. Dude, 19 fantasy points on 13 completions against KC. Yeah. This dude just continues to be decent, even though his wide receivers are doing nothing. AJ Brown and Corey Davis. Right? Like, and it's crazy because you can't start them either. Against Jacksonville, there is no like there even without uh Jalen Ramsey, hope that they'd become a better passing uh attack for opposing offenses, that really has not been the case. AJ Brown and Corey Davis's week, I do not expect them to have very good games against Jacksonville and I don't see how you could use either as more than a flex play. I slightly prefer A. J. Brown but I I just don't like either. I don't really see the appeal for these two. You know I agree. Derrick Henry against Jacksonville. How you feel? How you feeling about Derrick Henry against Jacksonville? How you feel? Awesome. If Tennessee wants to win, they're gonna have to feed the beast, and they've been they've done a decent job of feeding the beast, um this year, especially. Let's not forget the last time out, he had 188 yards against Kansas City on 23 rush attempts. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's not an anomaly. He's 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 going to get fed the ball. Uh, that's about it. Prior to the bye week, 23 and 32 half VPR fantasy points. So he was really getting hot. So hopefully Derrick Henry owners could ride this that. This is where lane. he got hot last season. This is where he got hot last season and led... I was going to say led a lot of owners to playoff victories, but people who owned him definitely were not being led to playoff victories. So, yeah. This year he can, though, because he's actually been good. Uh, Delaney Walker, if he comes back, it's a bad matchup against Jacksonville. If he doesn't, Johnny Smith was not great the last couple weeks. He only had that one big game. So, any love for the tight ends? Uh, Not too much. I mean... Tannehill's an efficient quarterback, so you want to try to target those quarterbacks. But there's just not enough consistency there on John Newsmith's Smith's part where you could really trust him. Yeah, I agree. Uh, to the Cowboys and the Patriots, this should be a slob slugfest, fun-filled football game. Am I right? Uh, sure. I mean, uh, it's an exciting game to watch. I mean, it's not when you describe it that <laughs> way, a slob a fun fest filled game football game uh, it could yeah, oh, you, you know my, my best friend ah, best friends. but dude so what I'm looking at here is the New England defense right they've been so good this season but then they face Lamar Jackson and the Ravens and Lamar Jackson torched them and that has really been their only like real legitimate test this season like even the Eagles last week their offense has been struggling all season, and they don't have that downfield threat. And Alshon Jeffrey was out, so I'm not completely backing away from Dak Prescott here. I know obviously Cooper's downgraded, Gallup's downgraded, Randall Cobb is downgraded. Like if you don't downgrade these guys, you're nuts. But I mean, Dak Prescott could get it done with his legs too, right? And he's thrown for he's he's scored three touchdowns each of the last three games. He has one game this season under 18 fantasy points. If I'm a Dak Prescott owner, I'm just riding the wave that he's been on this season. Any any chance you sit Dak Prescott this week? Uh, it depends who's on my waiver wire, Jeff I guess. Disco? No, I'm starting Dak. Baker Mayfield? Against Miami. Depends on the setup of my team. Probably Dak. Jameis Winston against Atlanta if he somehow hit the wire? Probably go Jameis. Interesting. How do you feel about uh, the pass catchers? Because uh, I... I just want to say, downgraded. look, a few weeks ago I said Amari Cooper's been a little bit inconsistent and in not getting enough love and Michael Gallup's... I mean, getting a little bit too much love where Malcolm Michael Gallup's not getting enough love. Remember when I said that? Yeah. Michael Gallup is now up to fifth in true target value. Damn. Amari sick. Cooper is 11th. Gallup has been a stud. An absolute stud. And if you look at his numbers, they're studly. And he's not getting treated as a studly Stutterson. Um, so, because even when he's not putting up 75, 100 yards, he's he's finding the end zone. Uh, he's been very good recently. He's had a couple of down weeks in between a very consistent season. And, of course, New England's matchup is super tough. But Gilmore's going to be on Cooper. And I think that I, I prefer Gallup to Cooper this week. Prefer Gallup to Cooper. That's not that crazy. It's it's been like that. That's a few weeks now. I'm I'm intrigued. That's that's an interesting thing to say. I think it's a little crazy, but so be it. Sometimes you gotta be a little crazy. A Coop did go only three for thirty eight against Detroit last week, but I mean he torched Minnesota, torched the Giants, torched Green Bay. He has those huge the huge game potential. I mean, and he's been ridiculously great this season in plenty of games. So I I still like it. I have him as a wide receiver 11. Obviously, there's some bust potential here. I got Michael Gallup at 22. So I'm still trusting him there too. I got Randall Cobb more in flex territory. I know he's been great the last two weeks, man. But I just can't. Against Jonathan Jones in the slot, that's literally the worst matchup you could have this season. Uh, Fantasy points, fantasy like... Point wise against that slot corner, it's it's really tough to trust him, man. But he's been so ridiculously involved of late. So I I still like him. I could see you putting him in your wide receiver three. I prefer him as a flex. And there's some clear, some clear downside as well. There's how, there's most certainly downside. How you feeling about uh, Zeke? Uh, Zeke Zeke. It's not going to be his Zeke Zeke. He's been a little bit pedestrian this season compared to his normal standards. I was hoping he would do more against Detroit last week, and he didn't. It's funny. Someone after the game asked him about his 45 yards, and he was like, why are you trying to make me feel bad about 45 yards on the team one? So, uh, I mean, it's, it's true, though. He hasn't been the studliest, so I don't think he'll be very studly against New England, but he'll be good enough to keep you afloat. I feel like they're going to try to work him, man. It's the 220 receiving yards on the season is what's most concerning, man. Through 10 games, if someone told you he was going to average 22 receiving yards a game, you'd be like, damn, that sucks. Tony Pollard's getting some receiving work. Even if it's not a lot, he's still taking it away from Zeke. Yeah, Pollard's stealing some work. Not, Pollard has nine receptions and 81 yards. It's almost half of Zeke's stats, even though these yeah. are numbers that don't look too and big. You're not starting Tony Pollard, obviously, against New England. Maybe if it was no against Miami or something New England has been a little susceptible to the run lately, so maybe they try to attack him with Zeke. Uh, Jason Witten against New England. You cannot start him. Attack him with the... I don't know. I was going to make a bad joke. I, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> Tom Brady talk about a decline Tom Brady has put up 13 18 14 and nine the last four weeks 47 pass attempts against Philly 26 completions 216 yards blah like Tom Brady's looking looking older man blebby debby do like he hasn't looked like real Tom Brady yet you think blebby, he has a, you think he has a good game against Dallas or you think he uh Continues this downward trend from his monstrous start to the season. Tom Brady down to 25th in true target value. Wow. That is something. Maybe it's not a coincidence that James White failed to meet his threshold for the first time last week. That's crazy. uh, James White's projected stats have gone from basically his range of like 9 to 12 down to 7 to 9, which is basically where he was at last week, right? Yep. So... I mean, I see that he's a top-12 quarterback according to the expert consensus, and I see that you don't have him there. And I'm going to say that I'm going to agree with you on this one. Yeah. I mean, I feel like if you start him, you probably won't hate you hate it, but just the upside has not been there of late. But with that being said, how do you feel about the, the wide receiver core then? Because Julian Edelman, <clears throat> there's not really much to say about Julian Edelman, right? Like He's locked and loaded start every week he is that offense at this point like he's the main guy he'll probably Mm -hmm. he's not gonna give you high-end wide receiver one numbers but he's not gonna kill you by any means like he's gonna get you double-digit points but Muhammad Sanu is a more interesting name in my opinion because coming off that huge game against Baltimore where he had 14 targets 10 for 81 Muhammad Sanu became like everyone's new favorite fantasy player and then two target excuse me four targets two receptions and four yards. Against yeah, Philly? what a disappointment. Holy moly. So how how do you feel about Muhammad Sanu this week against Dallas? Because Byron Jones is probably going to be on him a bunch too with Julian Edelman manning the slot. As my friend, Joe Pesci, as my cousin Vinny would say, I'm a scared. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a scared. You know, if you have never um, seen my cousin Vinny, you're doing yourself an injustice. To go from 14 targets to 4, 10 receptions to 2, 81 yards to 4. Not what you want to see. And it seems like Muhammad Sanu, you don't. Let's hope that the Patriots don't decide to start treating their wide receivers like their running backs. Where you just never really know who's going to be the guy at any point. Uh, And let's hope this is an anomaly. But if we don't love Tom Brady this game, then we can't love Muhammad Sanu. It's just a fact. Uh, Wide receivers and quarterbacks correlate. So Sanu, you could still throw in as your wide receiver three or flex, but a lot more concern than there was at this time last week for sure. And you can't start Philip Dorsett either. If Julian Edelman didn't throw him a touchdown, he would have had an awful game. So I'm not trusting Philip Dorsett. The running backs, Sony Michelle, Sony Michelle last week against Philadelphia was just awful again. Ten for 33. Actually had two receptions, which is almost a season high of three and 11 yards Philly. huh what did anyone expect against Philly i yeah. mean we had him lower than most people of course and now dallas will he does he finally find the end zone again because he has not since that three touchdown game against the jets because if he doesn't find the end zone you're going to be very disappointed that you started him that's the question you gotta ask, right? That's what it always is with Sony Michelle. You're gonna find the end zone, bud. No, I, I like, like his. Uh, I like his appeal to find the end zone this week against Dallas, who's been susceptible to the rush. And I expect this. I expect him to find the end zone this week. I think Sony Michelle is solely a team dependent, meaning your fantasy team player. Fair enough. Whoever you have on your bench or you have on your uh, waiver wire or who you have in your starting lineup, it. I think it just depends, because Michelle is someone that. You're probably going to have to start in a certain team and not want to. Or he's going to be someone you're able to bench because you just have more trustworthy people. Yeah. Uh, James White, put him in your flex. If you want the 8 to 12 points. If not, don't put him in your flex. Simple as that, right? Simple Ish. as that. Moving on to the Sunday night football on MSG. The Packers. Is back on the Blazers, baby. The Packers and the 49ers. Glorious. They really Lord, nailed it Lord, with the Sunday Lord. night and Monday night games with the Packers, 49ers, and Ravens-Rams. I wish the Rams about were playing time. a little better, but yeah, Need Packers and 49ers is going to be great. Dude, the 49ers defense has been amazing. No denying it. But we're also talking about Aaron Rodgers coming off of a bye. I don't care. You're not starting Aaron Rodgers this week? Dude, remember when you guys were trying to be like, oh, Aaron Rodgers is back. Aaron Rodgers is back. He puts up 13 and 10 against the Chargers in Carolina. Yeah. Look, he's just not the same Aaron Rodgers, and there's just frustrations, and we don't know what he's going to give us. He could put up 40. He could put up 10. That's who he's become, and that's why people draft and start Aaron Rodgers because he can put up 40, but against San Francisco? At San Francisco? I don't see it. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a tough matchup, but coming off a bye, man, I'm putting a lot of stock into that because flying to the West Coast is not an easy task, but they had two weeks to prepare for this game, and it's Sunday night. So, I don't know. I think I think it's really going to help them. So, I like Aaron right. Rodgers as a low on QB1. Here's the plan. You talk about the other Packers. I'm going to look up Rodgers' game logs from the past few years and see what he's done and just interrupt you about every season. Uh sounds good. Aaron Jones against San Fran. Obviously not an ideal matchup, but like I said, I really like these players not just because they're they've been great, but because they're coming off a bye against San Fran. Obviously there's some bust potential here with Aaron Jones. He's shown it throughout the season with Jamal Williams stealing work and if he has a bad start to the game, they'll use him less. Three games with under seven, but holy moly, does he have boom potential four games over twenty-three? Two games of 38 fantasy points or higher. 14 total touchdowns on a season. Me and Jason are not on the trade Aaron Jones bandwagon because touchdown regression is coming. Because touchdown regression would not have said he was going to score three touchdowns against Carolina. Sometimes a player just scores a lot of touchdowns because the team is great and they like to use him in the right zone. And that's exactly what's happening with Aaron Jones. So he has a good a chance as anyone every week to find the end zone. So I like him as a low-end RB1 this week against San Fran. Jamal Williams, on the other hand... A little less flex appeal than normal because of the matchup. He did have 13 rushes and 63 yards against Carolina, but it ended his four-game touchdown streak where those touchdowns really buoyed his performance, so he needs to find the end zone against San Fran. I don't see them scoring a bunch of TDs against San Fran, so I don't know if Jamal Williams finds the end zone, which really lowers his potential output. So I like him more as a, of a low-end flex play this week, and I'd, I'd rather look elsewhere. Devontae Adams against Dunbar and Richard Sherman. Devontae Adams, guess how many touchdowns he has on the season, Jay, Devontae Adams. Uh, One. No, zero. He hasn't Uh, scored a damn touchdown yet. I know he was hurt, but he's played six games without scoring a touchdown. This is a primetime game, Sunday Night Football, coming off a bye. He knows that he has zero touchdowns. I guarantee it. Devontae Adams finds the end zone this week. I don't care if it's a tough matchup. He's finding the end zone. Simple as that. I have him as my wide receiver seven. That's just... I'm calling it now. Show it on the body Well, that would be good for Aaron Rodgers. Um, And back to Aaron Rodgers, your theory does not hold well against his past performances. Interesting. Last year off of a bye, he lost at the Rams. Uh, Went 18 for 30 with 286 yards and one touchdown. Not great. I mean, it's decent. Um, 2017, he was injured, so no bye week. 2016, sorry, off of a bye, they beat the Giants. He put up 259 and two touchdowns, so decent game. 2015, off of a bye, lost to Denver. 77 passing yards. Yuck. On 22 attempts. But, I mean, that's time. also Mike McCarthy. This is not a Matt LaFleur offense. I was so. just looking to see how he fares against off not of yeah, bye so- weeks. You know, some people a bye week gets them out of their pizzazz. I'm a little surprised that it was uh, that low, but what are you gonna do? Jimmy Graham has really <laughs> lost his appeal of late, and San Fran is one of the most difficult matchups. So I'm not trusting him here. Uh, yeah, so I feel, yeah. On to San Fran. Now that Jason has returned from doing his Aaron Rodgers research, tell me about Jimmy G and why uh, you don't like him as a streaming option. Why did you think I don't like him? Because he hasn't scored more than 15 against any team not named Arizona. I agree. Shimmy Sharapolo is not the best um, option. I don't know why I decided to call him Shimmy Sharapolo. But if he shimmied during touchdowns, that'd be fun. Shimmy, shimmy, uh, yeah, Shimmy, yeah. Shimmy, yeah. Against Arizona, he's thrown 45 and 37 times. That's why he's put up so many points. Uh, Seattle, he put up 46 attempts and still only scored 11. Now, he's been, these Arizona games have helped him. He's ninth in true throw value now, uh, thanks to those uh, boosts. So he's been efficient, but, you know, that was never the problem. He was always efficient this season. The Niners run an efficient offense. They use the, utilize uh, running backs well. Jeff Wilson got 30-yarder to the house. But he just doesn't throw enough, and he doesn't do enough for fantasy purposes most of the time. And Green Bay's a good defense, uh, and the Niners are a run-first team no matter what anyone says. Though, I'd rather not start Garoppolo, although he's been very hot lately. Agreed. Uh, to the backfield, Tevin Coleman, man. Green Bay has been susceptible to the run. Does he get off the Schneike here against Green Bay? Because 5-9-8 the last three weeks after that, tu- that four-touchdown performance, he's really disappointed of late. I think so. With his drop-in attempts, we've seen... Garoppolo's increase in attempts. And as I said, they're a run-first team. I think they're going to want to get back to that. They're not facing Arizona anymore. Uh, they're facing a team where they want to keep the ball, keep it away from Aaron Rodgers. And they just want to run their offense. Uh, they've gone away from themselves to beat Arizona, and it worked. But there were very close games that they had to deal with against Seattle, too. Uh, I feel like they'll revert back to running the ball a little bit more. I think it'll be a good week for Coleman. Yeah, and Brita and or Mostert, whichever one, is the RB2 has some flex appeal as usual, although it has been downwards spiraling recent, recently in that running game. So hopefully they could pull it together this week against Green Bay. The wide receivers, Emmanuel Sanders, he played last week, but, man, was he, he was clearly banged up. My hope is that they just let him heal. Uh, if he does play, I think he's more of a wide receiver three than he is wide receiver two or wide receiver one just because of what happened last week and he really he I'd rather him just get healthy, but the more intriguing wide receiver here, Debo Samuel, man. He is just exploded onto the scene. This dude looks like a stud. The last two weeks, eight for one hundred twelve and eight for one thirty four against Seattle and Arizona. I'm firing him up as a wide receiver three as well this week. With or without Emmanuel Sanders there. At this point, how do you not start him? Do you prefer Sanders being there or not? It's tough because if Sanders plays, he draws more of the attention. But without Kittle and Sanders, Samuel will probably draw more targets. I feel kind of indifferent about the situation. Yeah, understandable. The tight ends. George Kittle, if he plays, did not play practice today, so it's not looking likely. Who needs Kittle when you have Dwelly? Ross Dwelly definitely has some streaming appeal if Kittle is out as Ross Dwelly scored two touchdowns last week and has seen 12 targets in Kittle's absence. Dude, Green Bay's been worse than Arizona against tight ends recently. So, uh, me and you more than anyone last week were on the Dwelly train. If Kittle's out and you have Kittle, throw in Dwelly and I'm not going to feel too bad about it. Like... These are great matchups, which helps, and it's also a bummer because Kittle would have had sky-high potential and Dwellies isn't as high, but he'll still be there to clean up the scraps a little bit. Yeah, four receptions for 14 yards is a little alarming. He's not really getting downfield passes, but hopefully he could score a touchdown if Kittle remains out. To the Monday night football game, Ravens and Rams. This should be a fun one. Lamar Jackson is an absolute animal. Jeez Louise, the dude just does not stop making highlight reel life. Just his life is a highlight reel at this point. It's unbelievable what he's doing. Fire him up as a QB1 against Los Angeles because it doesn't matter who he's been playing recently. You just got to start him, period, obviously. To the running backs, Mark Ingram finally had a damn game last week. He finally had a... Real game where he didn't put up 10 to 12 points and you were just like, oh, Mark Ingram had another Mark Ingram game again. 48 rushing yards. The best part about it was the 37 receiving yards, which was a season high, three receptions, and the two touchdowns total. Gets L.A. this week. Do you think he builds off of last week, or do you think he just goes back into that 10 to 15 points Mark Ingram? Consistent, but not really huge ceiling type game. I mean, nothing really changed with Mark Ingram. He scored two touchdowns, and that's what it is. If you look at what he's done this season, when he scored a lot of touchdowns, he's a high-end RB1. When he doesn't, he's a low-end RB2, for being honest, because he only had 48 yards on 13 attempts. Uh, the Rams don't have the best run defense, which helps, uh, but I don't think anything changes from last week. He's still a RB2 with upside, but also a downside. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, Marquise Brown is interesting because of his big uh his boom bust potential but the ankle the, the injuries he's been dealing with and then he went 2 for 23 against Houston on four targets he's becoming a little too boom bust for my liking in my opinion because Mr. Boom Bust It's been he missed the games against Cincinnati and Seattle, right? And then Pitt he played in week 5. It hasn't been week 4 was the last time he saw more than 5 targets in a game. And Lamar Jackson has been running a lot. Mark Andrews is basically his wide receiver one. He throws to Sneed a bit. He throws to Hurst. He throws to Nick Boyle. He, he His tight ends are basically his main options. So Marquise Brown is very hit or miss. And if he's not healthy, it just makes him an even bigger miss. You know? So it's he's still wide receiver three territory, but I don't love him this week against the Rams. I agree. And then Mark it's Andrews, 20, who... He's 25th in true throw value. Target. Mark Andrews is back on the rise. Uh, back-to-back. Is th- he? Tremendous games. Yes. You know how many the routes the he what ran last week? Mark Andrews ran 12 routes last week. And he went 4 for 75 with the touchdown. I know. It's crazy. But that's it's how like, it's been. Yeah, he doesn't need to run more than 12 routes. Yeah, so fire up Mark Andrews as a high-end, tight-end one. And... That's that. Uh, To the Rams, the final team. Jared Goff looking like he cannot throw a football anymore. The demise of Jared Goff this season has been a little crazy. Albeit against Chicago only threw 18 times, 11 completions for 173 yards. Todd Gurley was the main benefactor that game as they won a 17-7 defensive game. So... Put that to the side, but Baltimore has been the best defense in the league since Marcus Peters went over there, so there's no way I'm starting Jared Goff this week. Zilch is not a zero. There you go. Todd Gurley. I need your thoughts on Todd Gurley, bro, because the man saw 25 carries last week. Yeah, as my friend, someone from a Nickelodeon show would say, what's up with that? What's up with that? Do you remember where that's from, or is that just something we say? I remember it's from. I don't remember where it's from, but it's from somewhere. Yeah, what is up with that? First time he passed 18 rushing attempts. Uh, he even had a goal line carry. Ooh. 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 So, look, maybe Sean McVay looked in the mirror, realized Jared Goff sucks, and said, let's start riding Todd Gurley like we did last year. And maybe, not the craziest thought, They were holding off to do this at the end of the year. Maybe they wanted him fully healthy in the stretch run and for the playoffs. And now, you know, we're 10 weeks into the season. 11th week, they said, all right, it's go time now. Let's get this guy some burn in the regular season and then get him to go in the playoffs because they're going to need him and they're going to need him to get to the playoffs. So I'm going to be very interested to see the work he gets this week. Uh, But I don't think it's crazy that that happened. Yeah, I'll be very interested, too, because remember, they didn't have Cooks, Woods, and Gerald Everett only played 14 snaps because of a wrist injury, so they, you don't know if they really wanted to run their offense through Gurley or if they had to run their offense through Gurley, so we'll see this week how that goes. To the wide receivers, there's still no word on what's going on with Robert Woods, dude. He's just gone for a personal reason. Me and you almost got really screwed over with with Robert Woods in a league. Yep. We we took that donut and we still ended up winning. And now who knows if he's even going to play this week. So that's a mess. Brandon oh. Cooks is expected back, but he's been a mess this season. You don't know how involved he's going to be. Like sure he's expected back, but is he going to play a full role? Is he going to be Brandon Cooks? Who knows. And then Cooper I'm Cup. Cooper Cup has been super mediocre for weeks now. Outside of that 220-yard game, which you can't really say outside of that because it's glorious, 17 yards, 50 yards, 0 yards, and 53 yards. I don't know what's going on with this offense, but all I know is that Cooper Cup has fallen down into low-end wide receiver one territory. There is some scariness that comes along with playing him now against Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey. Same goes for Brandon Cooks and... Robert Woods if they're active and playing Josh Reynolds you can't play Gerald Everett was supposedly healthy and only played 14 snaps because of his wrist so who knows if he's going to be fully healthy I like Gerald Everett if he is healthy but now you gotta if you start him you take you take on the risk of him not being fully healthy unless he gets some full practices in it's gonna be risky I agree with everything you said. I kinda just ran through it all because it's just it's just really perplexing. The entire offense is a giant curveball. Yeah. <coughs> it's been a perplexing season for the Which way is it gonna Los go do Rams? No offense. Well that's about it. All we got left is a Thrive Five, folks, where Jason oh, yeah. chooses five Thrive fantasy uh props for us to Give you the answers to, and we've been pretty successful this season, so take note is all I'm going to say. not going to lie. It's a little tougher this week. Ooh, I liked it. I liked it. But I've chosen the ones that I like, and we'll see what you think. Remember, put in code BROTO with your deposit of $10 or more and get a free $10. Aaron Rodgers at San Francisco. Two and a half touchdowns plus interceptions. Over 115, under 85. Over 115. I take that. I agree. So because even if he throws an interception, sure, he could throw for two touchdowns as well. Devontae Adams is finding the end zone. Phillip Lindsay, 77 and a half total yards home against uh, at Buffalo. 77 even and a half? Yep. I don't like that one. You don't? I don't. I thought you liked Lindsay this week. I do, but 77 is a solid number, man. 77 is a All good right. amount of yards. Here's one I really like. Kyle Allen, half an interception. Over seventy, under one thirty. Let's do the under here. Remember, I'm this guy that. almost set the record for most games without an interception. I'm booking that under all day, every day. If you <laughs> want to get a little ballsy, Ken Galde at Washington, half a touchdown, over, you get 125 points. Interesting. Their outside defense has been their uh their best part of their defense this year so it's it's a bit ballsy but I wouldn't be against it. Uh one more if I'm not mistaken. One more. Russell Wilson at Philadelphia 285 and a half total yards. Even I'll over. I'll go over. I think it's uh, I think it's reasonable set up to be a Russell Wilson game. Solid solid props this week. There weren't really any that flew out, flew out to me except for the Kyle Allen one. Yeah that one one thirty take that every day and that's it yeah. folks thank you for listening uh patreon.com size proto if you want to support the show that would be glorious we really appreciate it and you get some perks too which who doesn't love perks right and the season's coming to an end these waiver wire episodes are going to be more important than ever so get them while you can thank you guys for listening good luck this week of, by the words of michael scott you just can't put a price tag on benefits. There you go. Is that what he says the you can't put a price tag on a fifty dollar gift card. Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> you can't put a price tag on a fifty dollar gift card. Great show, great show, and New Girl. Check out New Girl. <laughs> All right, anything else, Jay? Nerd. Um, come on, bro. Uh, you better. I'm than that. You at Mike so great Underscore Patrop. Jason, where can they find you? At Jason Patrop. At Broto Fantasy. At Tim Patrop. If you're feeling frisky. Uh, dot for all things, Brodo true values are updated, right? Jay, you posted the updated true values or no, you know it. Yes. He has share that on Twitter, bro. Share it on Twitter. So go check out true throw values. Uh, if you haven't yet and true target values, there are some surprises such as Ryan Tannehill continues to be super efficient. I wonder what he'd be like in an offense with like Andy Reed. Hmm. Interesting. Right. Very interesting. I and don't that's know if like you'd just be the same. Thank you guys. Later. Later.